bright and gorgeously summery looking day outside and I've utilized that as much as possible. Y'all know that the legend of Kaliak, the winter witch, is that if it's a bright sunny day, we're in deep shit. (laughs) According to Gaelic legend, Kaliak would make sure it was a beautiful sunny clear day in order that she could ride her broom and gather more firewood if it was going to be a very long winter indeed, and if it was gloomy and cloudy that we could pretty much guarantee, especially if it was raining, well, the legend would tell us that then we were going to have an early spring. But I have to be honest with y'all, I have not seen that hold true. (laughs) I think it falls somewhere along the realm of Groundhog Day, and I think it's the precursor of that, in fact. And I've never seen Groundhog Day really hold true either. I tend to lean on my farmer's almanac, and I was gifted it over Christmas for this coming year, and, uh, well, I think we're going to be okay. Somewhere in the middle range there. It's not over, though. If anybody knows anything about February, it's not over. But I will be celebrating in bulk alone tonight. My coven, it's an off week. We go every other. Again, I didn't feel like trying to force it to fit. And I'm trying to get very good at celebrating alone when I need to. And so tonight I'm going to try to start a fire on my own outside without any outside help. I'm really good at doing it in the wood burning stove, but it just appears to me that there are different principles involved and inside and outside completely different because of the airflow situation. Anyway, y'all, I'm going to get out there and do that. I've never really been one to do big things on Impulg, um, mostly because it's my grandma's birthday, and she was the most important person to me, and I tend to do a lot of reflection about her. But for me, and I suppose I'm unlike a lot of folks, it's really... Um, in like a lamb, and we're going to get to lambs here in a moment. I never really want to shake the plane too much on Invoke, and it's not just that it's not my favorite holiday. It's that, well, I find it to be more reflective than it is active, if that makes any sense. So I also have this gorgeous goddess statue outside, and that's where I tend to bring my offering of milk and honey and the like. And I will be doing that this evening. And I'm going to lay out my scarves because my scarves mean so much to me. And I'm going to ask Bridget to bless them. And uh, Byron Ballard has a wonderful tutorial. I don't know if she's going to put it up this year on her page or not, but a wonderful tutorial on how to put together Bridget's bed to um, welcome her into your home. And I'm sure y'all have seen all the crosses being made and understand what that is. So I've got a cross and I'm going to put that out as well right over my doorway. But for me this year, 
As y'all all know, my witchcraft has taken quite an injury and I am in the process of healing. And this year, I think I really have focused more upon the idea of lambing season coming on. And while I don't lamb, <laughs> um, I only have chickens and dogs and cats and rabbits. I do understand the premise of it. So many farmers, shepherds, if you will, and other parts of the world would let their sheep get impregnated somewhere between October and November, somewhere in there. And so this really does mark the long gestational period of fertility. It really does. And I think we get confused about fertility as if it's not always possible. It is. So this does mark the end of a long gestational period and the expectant hope of, well, seed well sown, if you will. Different, however, than somebody who's a farmer of tomatoes. Different time, different season, and it makes a lot more sense. This is a blood and bone gestational period. And this was born of, I don't know, a whole lot of faith that the winter would not kill all of that work. And I dig that. As a witch, I dig that very, very much. While it may not have been as purposeful as I would have liked it to have been, I did attempt to, I don't know, impregnate myself with hope and with healing and new ideas and another growth. And that feels very blood and bone to me. As opposed to, you know, planting a little seed and tending it and watching it grow. I invested in myself and I invested in myself very hard. It, it just might not have looked like it at the time because of all the, well, the, the turmoil I was going through. However, I did. And it's starting to really, really help me. Let's see. I joined a gym and uh, I started using my row machine. And I'm doing these things to get stronger. I mean, yeah, I'd like to lose 15 pounds, but I also just want to be stronger and have a lot better balance. I started going to watch music once a week, no matter what. I've been doing that for months now, and uh, that has helped me so much. At first, it did not. At first, it made me sad. But then over time, I started to make friends. You know, I started to make new friends and of all different ages and uh, forge new connections and remember that how valuable as a human being I am, how I have something really wonderful to offer. And uh, I think I'd lost that. I think I'd lost that belief in myself that it's coming back in full force. And that's wonderful. And the music, oh my God, y'all, the music is so cool anyway. (laughs) Just being still and letting it ride over you and letting a lot of shit go, it's healing in and of itself. So that's another way I sort of infused my winter with something good. And, you know, I, I did attempt to have my Yule alone and be very present for that, but Y'all, I was very wounded on Yule, and I did the best I can, and I've stopped blaming myself for not being stronger. I was absolutely as strong as I could be within my capacity. 
And then to not as my other opportunity, um, I am worried because I, I don't do very well with, I know I'm a fire sign, but I, I just don't do very well starting them. It's interesting, isn't it? I'm drawn to them. I love them. I need more practice. And so tonight I'm going to attempt it. And if for any reason I cannot get it done, I'm going to use a candle because that matters and that counts. But that practicing by myself, you know, after 15 years of not doing so, that has, I don't know, it's gotten me even closer to my goddess and my faith and my practice and rebuilt that within me. And another thing this day was associated with was the blessing of holy wells. Now, I've always thought to myself, and I may be wrong, but what makes something holy? Is it that a lot of people found it to be that? Or is it that something very miraculous happened at that site? Maybe it has become part of history. I'm not sure. But I will tell you what makes something sacred to me. And that is something that has nourished my family and is part of nature and tends to mean something more than just like a monument to me. It has to be almost a living thing or part of a living thing. I know that's hard to kind of unpack, but for me, my well on this property is sacred. I wouldn't use the word holy because that kind of buys into another religious system I do not believe in. But to me, sacred is always this living, moving thing. And I just don't, I don't hold truck so much with anything that's an object that you can worship. I think I've talked about this years ago on this podcast. I'm way more aligned with Julia Kristeva and Catherine Clement's idea and what is it, the feminine and the sacred, that once you try to hold it in place, and then that way, whether or not we realize we're doing it, control it, it becomes dogma. It just, it doesn't do what made it sacred to begin with. It becomes dogma. And dogma for me automatically just bleeds all of the life out of anything. You know, one of the premises I've talked about before on the podcast is that the sacred, and I got this from the book I just mentioned, almost always goes in reverse. And that's a very hard concept to really grasp a hold of. It would take me a half hour to even get close to explaining it, read the book. It's epic. (laughs) It's really beautiful. But I get that. I get that. Because When it goes straight forward in a linear way, folks will attempt to make it an object or a concept that has rigid walls and borders around it. Well, the real sacred is always going to be moving in the reverse, away from things like that. Back to the woods, baby. Back to the source. And to let it move through you like that? Oh, my God. Well... Now, that's an experience that I might call holy. (laughs) Might. No, I probably wouldn't because it's so much more. And so, my well. Talk about moving in reverse, am I right? 
I mean, it's constantly pumping things up and then the rainfall going down and resupplying that aquifer. And I've been so very cognizant of what goes into it and so very concerned with keeping it the way it ought to be, as natural as possible. And this is good for it. This is good for me. And again, because I see sacred things as being, and I hate the word things, and I don't have time to try to work that one out, as living, alive, vibrant, moving. That's sacred to me. And if it's not doing that, if it's not alive and moving, then it's not sacred to me. Now, I know that kind of leans us into the idea of pets and graves and ashes. I'll get there in one minute. Let me finish this well thing. So tonight I'm going to pour a beautiful bowl full of that water and I'm going to bless that water. Put my hands in it, sink down deep into it. It's one of the things I do kind of well. I, I do that pretty good. And then I'm going to give it back to the well directly. And I honestly cannot think of anything I'd ever want to add to that because that's not really honoring the sacred moving water if I do that. So in this case, that's it for the well. But I want to honor it because it's kept my chickens and my rabbits and my trees and my okra and me alive. And uh, that is amazing. You know, water is sacred already. But this well is particularly sacred to me. Well, let me lean into that other thing I promised I would discuss real quick. Let's talk about the monuments. The monument itself is not so sacred to me. The bones that are there, um, for instance, my Gatsby, and then I've got Maggie out there. I've got lots of lost chickens and my Bocephus, my dearly beloved cat that passed away too early. They're out there and their bones are out there. For a long time, I couldn't bear to bury them. I would get this unbelievable urge to go dig them up. Then I started to regret that decision quite a lot, actually. But that's just for me. That's not for anybody else. That's for me. I had a place to bury them that I didn't intend on ever leaving. Still hope I don't have to. We're, we're going to find out. But for me, it made more sense in the end to be able to go over to something that was living and moving. And yes, it is. And just not in the way that we like to think about. Because even as witches, we don't want to think about the degradation of bone and fur and skin and blood. We don't want to most of the time because it's sadder for us than remembering them, you know, popping about. When I see the oxalis bloom over these graves and when I see butterflies land on the little flowers and when I see mushrooms, you know, on the edges and the borders copses of the trees, I think you're still here. You're still here in this whole other gorgeous way. Now, I do believe that, you know, animals have souls as well. And the one cat that I had cremated, there's no way I'm going to throw that away. But over the years, I have kind of scattered a little bit of those ashes here and yon to begin the process of letting it get back to where it needs to be letting him get back to where he needs to be. 
if for any reason he feels stuck. Let me stop right here and say, no, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just sounding my barber, y'all, y'all, and this is where I live. This is where I operate from, and this is how my silly old country brain works. So if it's not for you, ignore me. But I still believe that the sacred has to be a moving thing or allow for movement. Oh, bother. Y'all, I had to answer a phone call and now I'm completely off track and simply don't have time to go back and hear where I was and y'all know I don't do notes, so yikes. Um, what do I want to tell you about this day before I head out? Well, we're in the lighter part of the year and that matters to me. This was the darkest I think I've ever experienced. I think there was only one that came kind of close, and that was when I was pregnant with my last child on a mountain in Pisgah, Alabama, in 1995. So, keep on finding out what I'm made of, y'all. And I reckon I really need to surround myself with people who are made of similar stock and have similar values. So, yeah, that's where I am. You know, I almost feel guilty. Um... (laughs) I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I almost feel guilty because the trauma I've been through the last three months, well, it's out of love for something, someone, something, whatever. It's out of love. And that's what caused it was the love. I mean, without love, then you wouldn't grieve anything, right? So that's what it was. But the grief, while still very much present, is starting to abate a little bit, and that makes me feel sad, too. It's <laughs> I'm complicated. I know, I'm complicated. But as much as I'm sad most of the time, I'm also starting to feel slightly excited because I don't know what my lambing season is going to be. You see, I put all this love into me while I was broken. I put all this investment I know it sounds so silly, but I kind of impregnated my life with things that would be long haul journeys. And I needed a long haul journey because I needed to, well, to be honest with y'all, I needed to stick around. So with those long goals, you know, like a pregnancy, there was something to look forward to. And it's almost here. So I'm really excited for lambing season and um, I don't know what color they're going to be. You know, I don't know what shape they're going to be. I don't have no idea how many of them they're going to be. I get that I'm killing the analogy, y'all, but it is what it feels like. It feels like that was an incredible amount of work to put in. I mean, my therapy has been wonderful. Now, of course, all this came at the cost of podcasting as much as I wanted to. And it also came at the cost of writing the end of my book, which is very, very sad. But, you know, it's what it was. And it was the only way I could survive. And I'm not completely there yet. For me, in bulk means lambing season is about to be here. That's what it means for me. And tonight... I welcome Bridget because I know there's some sort of 
I don't want to overuse the word blessing, but I know she's bringing something along her way for those who stayed and took care of their flock and kept the hearth fires stoked and did the right thing and loved people and, I don't know, didn't give up. I believe she's coming with something wonderful. Lambing season. Can't wait to hear the boss coming out of that. And uh, while hoping has been almost an art loss to me in the last few months, I must have had some, y'all. I must have had some or I wouldn't have invested that much in me and impregnated my life with so many good possible things to see what would come out. And I tell y'all, making new friends, that was also an investment, an infusion, if you will, of life and I am so happy I did that. I'm so happy I did that. I had become too hunkered down in my world to remember who I was and who I always will be. There's a little bit of light. All right, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful lambing season. (laughs) I hope your invoke was blessed and I'm sure you won't hear this until afterward. We have a story to look forward to. And I think as long as I, I don't know about y'all, but As long as I put my bones and blood and soul and spirit into the wheel and try to stay connected. But most importantly, I think as long as I continue to remember that the sacred must move, it must have room to move, and that it goes in reverse, that means that I can still be surprised and maybe even one day be happy again, fully happy. We'll see. We'll see. I've got a well to bless. I don't want to forget to thank my new patrons, and I don't know whether or not I can use your last name. And during this hard time, I haven't been reaching out to each and every one like I used to and asking the extraordinarily important, relevant questions, um, which include, can I use your last name? So I won't be doing that. I'll just be using a last initial. So thank you to Gage C. Dinah C. Sharon P. Hey, thank you so much. I know who you are, and it meant a lot. Suze. And I think I did these last time, but y'all, I'm just never fully sure. So one more time for Artist, and one more time for Elizabeth D. I'm pretty sure that I've taken care of everybody else. Your support for my Patreon means more than you'll ever know. Right now, it is, um, well, fairly critical to my survival, and um, I'm going to do better. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being patient with me. And I just want y'all to know that without you, I couldn't be on the air at all right now. And knowing you were there kind of was a good pull for me because it brought me back out a little bit. (laughs) And I hope to keep coming out. And I hope to keep getting stronger. It's never over, y'all, as that fat lady hasn't sung. And I'll love y'all like chicken. Oh, one last thing. Y'all, last year's Bat Children Ball was pretty damn fun. It really was. Something happened right after it that kind of, well, wasn't so wonderful in my life. But I'm going to forge forward. I don't know how to stay down. I don't know how to do that. And I did just confirm the dates for October. It'll be at the beginning of October. 
I'll be releasing that really soon. And it is for Patreon only. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the one that we did back in October. Wow, we had a good time. And we're going to do another camping weekend. And I will talk to you more about that later. Blessed be y'all. Talk to you next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.